Hello and welcome back to the last ever Chaos Ball podcast in 2023, baby. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not going anywhere. Well, I'm not kidding. It's literally the last podcast of the year, but I forge on in 2024. What's up, everyone? It's been two weeks. It's been two weeks, but I'm here. It's been pretty quiet on the uh, on the baseball front. Um, there's some stuff that's happened. There was one, two Japanese player signings, in fact, uh, shortly after I recorded. But like Mariners stuff, not a whole lot. But I'm going to talk a little bit about those Japanese players probably and then segue into a couple things I wrote down this week from Mariners land. Uh, but yeah, it could be a shorter episode. I, it really, it depends on how much I feel like talking tonight when I'm recording, but I will not have a podcast out next week. I am out of town for Christmas and then we'll see about the week after. If anything big happens, I will record still going to play it by ear because it is the off season and it's baseball. So, you know, nothing might happen. I'm sure in the two weeks, uh, between this podcast and potentially the next episode, John Morosi will tweet out five more free agents that are rumored to be uh, interested or the mayors are rumored to be interested in, and then they won't sign them. I love that. I love how that's going this offseason. John Morosi, I don't think he is a real reporter, not to slight him. I just feel like he's making stuff up based on complete vibes, and I almost respect the grift at this point. It's kind of funny because uh, now every time he tweets the Mariners are interested in so-and-so, every Mariners account that I follow is either in the uh, mentions of him saying you are a fraud or quote tweeting him saying, Mr. They're call- we're calling him Mr. Yap on the internet. We're we're not being very nice to him, but to be fair, he's, he's had a very tough offseason. Um, John, if you're listening, get me on MLB tonight, please, somehow. Uh, but let's segue. Let's segue into some existential dread, shall we? Some sadness. Young Ho Lee. You've heard me talk about him a few times. He's not going to be a Mariner. Not right now, at least. Not for, assuming not for another at least year. You know, I don't know what Jerry has planned for a trade. But no, Jung Ho Lee, he signed... In the meantime, between this podcast and last, with the San Francisco Giants, uh, I'm sad. I'm sad. He was the one that I was like, Jerry, sign him. It wasn't the most realistic, not because of the money. Well, obviously, paying any amount of money seems pretty unrealistic for the Seattle Mariners at this point. But uh, it's not like we needed a center fielder. He would have played the corner, so that would have diminished his value a little bit. Probably not something he wanted, considering... Uh, he is coming over as a center fielder, so I think that obviously ups your value a little bit, and I think that probably took the Mariners out of the running, besides the fact that I doubt they even offered him a significant amount of money. But he signed with the New York the New York Giants. Oh, good Lord. That was a long time ago, New York baseball Giants. The San Francisco Giants, six years, $113 million, with an opt-out after the 2027 season which if he does that, that would allow him to test the free agency waters yet again before his age 30th birthday, because a reminder, he is 25. So I think that was already, that's that's kind of young for a guy coming over from Japan. And I think, 
113 is almost double what I saw some people projecting him. I thought he was going to get somewhere in the re- the range of like 75 over five or six years, but this is a lot more. I It's risky for sure. Um, or he's not coming from Japan. My bad. My bad. Not Japan. He's coming from Korea, the KBO, uh, which very a lot riskier signing KBO bats. Uh, but I could I could talk a lot about why I like him. There's a lot to doubt, and I think if you are somehow a Giants fan listening to this, you paid a lot of money to get him, but the Giants have so much money to spend, it's almost like it didn't matter. I feel like they had to overpay just to get this guy, just to get a free agent in general. He's going to be the full-time center fielder, presumably for the Giants, so that, again, ups his value a little bit. Uh, it's 113 million plus. I think plus is posting fee, which I don't have that on hand, but I think it was like 15 million or something like that. Uh, but the the thing that people don't like about him is he's very much a contact oriented hitter coming from Korea. Uh, you don't face a whole lot of velocity in Korea. The pitching is not great. So guys who rake in that league, it's definitely to be taken with a grain of salt. But I think his contact ability is so evident in his swing and the other wrench in the in in things is he got hurt this year i believe he broke his foot or ankle uh and was out for most of this year he didn't play a full season will that affect his fielding maybe i think everyone is saying it's worrisome because of the contract that they gave him but to be honest with you I don't think six years with 113 is like really that much money, especially for the Giants. So I'm not sweating that. Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting this season. I think, again, if you were a Giants fan listening to this, if he struggles this year, give him another year. I think he might. I think he might struggle out of the gate, honestly. Uh, But if he ends up being even uh, a hitter who doesn't hit for much power, but he gets on base... And that's another thing that he can do is draw walks, and that should translate pretty well. If he gets on base, hits a decent amount, and is a top-of-the-order top bat with good center field defense, that's a success in my mind. Uh, and he's still 25, so he could add power. It's not like he can't add power to his game. Uh, and it's if he adds gap power playing at home at Oracle, that's helpful. Uh, but I don't want to... I don't want to dwell on this because I'm sad. I really wanted the Mariners to sign him more just because he fit. He he fit the mold of what the Mariners needed. The Mariners need a guy who can kind of just focus on getting on base. Uh, and also, I just like him. I watched his highlights. I've watched his swing a lot. Really just like his vibe. And then this piece of information came out. Last piece on Young Ho Lee. His name, Young Ho Lee. His nickname is Grandson of the Wind. I would have given him 300 million. I would have given him the Otani contract if I knew that. Are you serious? So his dad's name, and his dad was a KBO legend as well. His dad's nickname, if you can guess, was Son of the Wind. And I looked into this, and I couldn't especially find out uh, what his grandfather's nickname must have been because of his nickname is Grandson of the Wind. And his dad's name is Son of the Wind. Do you see where I'm going with this? His grandfather's nickname has to be The Wind, right? Right? Like, it's gotta be. I need to know the story of his his grandfather. 
Because Grandson of the Wind goes so hard, it's actually insane. I don't even know if I'm going to call him by his real name anymore. But uh, I I learned that piece of info, and I was like, all right, Giants, well done. The contract is all worth it. <sighs> I'm I'm super excited actually just to see what he can what he can bring in his first year. And again, I think he might I think he might struggle out of the gate a little bit. I'm I'm more interested in seeing what his defense is like this year after his injury. But we shall see. We shall see. But he's not going to be a Mariner. I wasn't talking myself into it. I was more imploring Jerry Depoto to sign him, and Jerry Depoto. Like he usually does. Okay. I just had to pause. My dog was screaming. You could probably hear that in the background. I think he was also yelling at Jerry DePoto and maybe John Stanton too. He listens to me when I record these sometimes. And he, my dog, has a lot to say also about the current state of the Seattle Mariners. Maybe I'll have him on. Maybe I'll have him on the show. I have him voice his opinions on here. He's got good opinions on baseball. We watched a lot of baseball this past year together. So he, he knows. He, he understands. That John Stanton is broke. All right. Young Ho Lee. I'm excited to watch him on the Giants. That's all I'll say. Okay. Fine. Next topic. I'll bite. Who is Shohei Otani? I see... I see a very large number. I see 10 years. $700 million for... Who is this guy? He just, did the Dodgers know? I looked him up just to do a little brief research for this podcast. Did the Dodgers know this guy just had surgery? They gave him $700 million and he can't even pitch next year? What? What is he going to hit? <laughs> Stupid Dodgers. No, it's true. What I've been saying since last year, it's true. I've been saying Shohei is a Dodger for probably a full calendar year, if not more. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not the only one to say this, uh, but it was official. I released the pod and then Otani signed with the blue Jays for a second. Shout out to John Morosi. And then he didn't end up actually signing with the blue Jays. And he instead, the, the, the night that night. And then the next morning he announced on his Instagram, he is signing with the Los Angeles Dodgers for the largest contract in sports history, eclipsing Messi's contract that, that like bankrupted and catapulted Barcelona into debt bigger than that contract. And that was crazy. After, after the, the day that we had the Friday, again, the day I released the pod, something happened. So watch out. If you're listening to this on Friday, when I release it, something big might happen in baseball. It just seems like that's that's how this works. Uh, he, It was flight tracking Twitter. Flight tracking Twitter was back like I've never seen it. And when flight tracking Twitter is out, it's misinformation central, baby. There was, there was talk of Yusei Kikuchi renting out a really nice sushi restaurant for 50 people in preparation for this. That apparently was not true. Yusei Kikuchi confirmed it was not true. How could Yusei Kikuchi rent out a dinner and have such an extravagant dinner when he has to get 14 hours of sleep every night. People didn't think of that one. Uh, there was reports from John Morosi that he was essentially going to sign with the Blue Jays. He was on a flight. Turns out that flight was, uh, I don't remember his name, but it's the Canadian man from Shark Tank. Apparently it was his plane flying from Orange County to Toronto. 
And then by the end of the night, Shohei Otani hadn't signed anywhere, and we got one of the most legendary off-season tweets I can remember in in a while. Uh, it's up there with Arson Judge, but it wasn't actually a mistake. It was a Bob Nightingale tweet, and it wasn't a mistake, which is astounding to to for one. But he tweeted, he tweeted Shohei Otani, like an all cap, Shohei Otani is not in Toronto. He is at his home in Southern California. Bob, how do you know that? I mean, he was right. But like, was Bob outside of his house, like knocking on his door? Like, hey, you in Toronto, buddy? No. So Shohei didn't sign with the Blue Jays. The next day he announces on his Instagram, he signs with the Dodgers. I think the Blue Jays, I think Blue Jays fans have grounds to do something to John Morosi. Um, I don't know what. I'll put some thought into it. I don't know what they can do. Egg his house. I don't know. Something something that won't like ruin John Morosi's life. I don't I don't you know. I something funny. They should get to have him like pie him in the face on live TV. I don't know. Something something. They need they need retribution for what he put them through on that fateful Friday. So Shohei Otani signs with the Dodgers, and it could just end there. It could just end at he signs the largest deal in sports history. It's 10 years. It's $700 million. That's, like, way more than even anyone was predicting. The highest prediction I saw was 550 over 10, and, like, maybe he gets over six bills with more years or something like that, you know? But no. No. 10 for 700 straight up. Or so we thought it was straight up. Turns out, he's deferring some of that money. And this sent Twitter into an absolute hellhole. It got out that Shohei Otani was deferring $680 million. And I know you've heard this but already, but $680 million after the 10 years are up. So he's technically getting paid every year from the Dodgers $2 million. Uh, so... Before I get into the deferment, the the hit on like their luxury tax is essentially um, like four hundred sixty million over the ten years. So it's not like the Dodgers have two million on the books technically against the luxury tax. Uh, so it's like a four hundred sixty million over ten years for CBT purposes, but for money in his pocket purposes, holy! All right, good lord! I see what my dog was barking at there. That was a Massive thunderclap. I do not know if the microphone picked that one up, but uh, it's been raining in Southern California, and it is absolutely pissing rain now. You, I will try to edit this noise out if the microphone is picking this up, but I think this is Mother Nature's retribution uh, for the Dodgers and what they're doing. Um, but where, where, did, where did I leave off? Shohei Otani, all right? Shohei Otani. He defers all this money. Twitter is in a frenzy. Six sixty-eight million a year he's deferring, and it's like holy shit, the Dodgers are they're dodgering. And I can't def, deferring six hundred eighty million dollars of your contract ten years down the road because you genuinely don't need it right now and just want the team to have as much money as possible to win now with you there. I respect the hell out of it. That is a baller move. I gotta say it. Uh, people are mad at this. I I understand why people are mad at this. And my first reaction, my first reaction was, 
the MLB is going to do something about this. They're going to make a rule or something. Uh, it's going to be a topic in the next collective bargaining negotiations. But then I, I kept thinking, and it's like, no, I don't really think so. Because contract deferments happen uh, all the time. I mean, we see like Bobby Bonilla being the famous example, but like Ken Griffey Jr. is still getting paid by the Reds constantly. Like, uh, the Dodgers have done this. They did this with the Mookie contract. They've did this with uh, the Freddie deal as well. Both uh, have pretty significantly deferred payments down the line to help them out in the short term, and that's pretty common. That's that's pretty commonplace in, in a lot of sports, uh, baseball especially because of the no salary cap thing. But I don't think MLB is going to do anything about this because I think this is such a unique situation where no one else is really in. The, no one else in the next decade is going to sign a deal like this in the next twenty years, thirty years. Who knows? This deal is so. It's such a unicorn type player. It's such a unicorn deal and deferment. It's not going to be repeated this much because no player who makes who's going to sign a big deal is going to want that much money deferred. The only reason Shohei can defer this money is because he makes like sixty million dollars a year in endorsements and sponsorship deals alone he doesn't really need to get paid another 70 on top of that if he doesn't want to and i don't think there's another player quite like that in the league and so i don't think mlb is going to really do much about this uh it's just smart and this shohei went to teams with this this wasn't the dodgers proposing this apparently he proposed this to uh the blue jays and the angels and the angels denied it which is hilarious uh, the Blue Jays were game. The Blue Jays were going to do this, but he he went with the Dodgers. So it was a Shohei thing. And then the uh, the elephant in the room is taxes. You know, millionaires, billionaires, athletes, everyone always avoids, if you're that rich, paying taxes. And the easiest explanation is 10 years are up in his Dodgers tenure. Uh, maybe he retires as a player. Maybe he signs somewhere else. Out of the state, once he's out of the state of California and he starts getting collecting that $68 million a year and he's living somewhere else and without a state tax, that is significantly more money than it would have been right now. So I see why he did it. And if it's just, I think it's twofold. I think genuinely he wants the Dodgers to have more money to spend right now to win championships. He's expressed pretty clearly that is his desire to his desires to win. His desires to win. He wants to win. He wants to be the best player in the world. He's done that. He wants to win now. He wants to win a World Series. And so I think choosing the Dodgers was a good choice for the best chance at doing that. But then also the taxes is like a cherry on top. It's like, okay, if I don't have to pay state taxes in 10 years for $680 million, uh, I'm good. He'll be kicking it in uh, in, in, in Florida. No, I, I don't even know where it'll be in 10 years, but I can't. I still can't wrap my head around that much money. It's it's ridiculous. Uh, and people are mad. People are like, is this illegal? Again, no. Deferments are a thing. This is just such an extreme situation. It sounds it sounds illegal. Uh, but it's not. And it's, it's smart. And funny enough, one of the Dodgers owners, who is a minority owner, is the majority owner of Chelsea Football Club, Todd Bowley. And that man, if you've paid attention to English soccer over the past year since he's bought the club, 
That man loves deferred payments. That dude has literally, literally made the Premier League where they play soccer in England, the highest league in England. He made the league change the rule recently for deferred payments for a player. He stretched. He he kept buying these young players and giving them like eight year deals and deferring the payments way down the line so they can buy as many good players now as possible and spend as much money but stretch it out over as much time as possible. So we should have known this was coming if he was signing with the Dodgers. It's Todd Bowley. He loves deferments. Uh, the Premier League legit changed the rule. I don't think MLB will be changing the rule here. So Shohei Otani is a Dodger. There's not much else to say. Mookie, Freddie, Shohei as a 1, 2, 3 in whatever order you want is... Um, it's gross. It's disgusting. It's it's uh, it's amazing, really. I it's gonna be one of the better lineups we've seen in a while. And the Braves lineup was so good last year, but just that three-headed monster is ridiculous. Uh, and then they went and traded for Tyler Glass. Now, I I think Yamamoto is gonna sign with the Dodgers now too. Like I think the Dodgers might be projected for over a hundred wins next year. And that's pretty insane. You don't see projections for over 100 wins, but they might be. Richer get richer. Mariners were never going to sign him. I am just really happy that Shohei Otani is out of the division. And that is what I'll say about that. And my segue now, this is how I'm going to segue into Mariners baseball, because this made me think, are the Mariners and the Dodgers, are they playing the same sport? I know they're both baseball teams. But are they, are they playing the same sport? Are they playing the same game? It doesn't seem like it. It it just makes me sad. Like I said, nothing, nothing has really happened in Mariners land the past two weeks. Uh, I'm going to call my shot right now. This is just some random stuff I wrote down this week. The Rays, uh, I don't think they're going to trade Randy Rosarain anymore. I just don't think they're going to trade him. It sounded like there was some traction at the winter meetings for a Randy Rosarain, a plus whoever else deal. Uh, but that obviously did not go through. I'm, I'm sure honestly, DePoto made a deal, made an offer of some kind, but for whatever reason, didn't work out. Maybe like even the salaries of like Randy Rosarena and Isaac Paredes are too rich for the Mariners. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't put it past them. Uh, but now I just, I just don't think they're going to trade Randy Rosarena at all. Uh, and if the Mariners make a trade with the Rays, I think it's, most likely Paredes, and I think if they get one more good player in the deal, it would be Yandy, but could just be Paredes, and if they don't give up that much, I'm fine with that. Other tra- other trade stuff with the Mariners, it seems like John Morosi tweeted today uh, that the Mariners are interested in trading for Josh Naylor of the Guardians, who DH, power bat, first base, I he, he'd fit the mold of what the Mariners need to fill at the DH position. And I like Josh Naylor. Uh, he is a very emphatic MLB player. John Morosi tweeted it. So really, is it to be believed? I've seen some other reporters tweet it. I think Mariners are, that seems like a very Mariners guardians trade uh, to make for some prospect of some kind. I don't, I don't want I don't know how to say this. I don't want good things for the Mariners because I want there to be so much pressure on John Stan and he sells the team. You get my drift? Like I want there to be riots. I want I want them to sign 
no one and make no more trades and start the 2024 season with Dominic Canzone in in the DH spot and Cade Marlowe in left field. And I want there to be a French Revolution-style uprising. That would be super violent. I'm inciting violence. I'm not going to do that. No, I, I just, I'm in a deep hole right now with the Mariners because... They've done nothing, and I'm. St- I keep telling myself like every day, like, oh, they're gonna, they're gonna do something, like they gotta do something, right? You know, they like a trade, a signing. Like, I just want to feel something again, and they're not letting me. And I'm just rambling now because it works me up. All I'm really asking for is Jorge Soler and Reese Hoskins. I think that is a doable thing for this sad, sad, sad baseball organization to pull off. Jorge Soler seems to be getting traction, but I'm just never, I'm not going to trust any reports at all until Jeff Passant tweets it and I see it with my own two eyes. I like the prospect of getting Reese Hoskins at, I guess, I guess you could say a discounted cost, but it's more of a mystery since he missed all of last year. But I think again, he could he could DH and he can play first base. Jorge Soler can DH and play corner outfield. It's kind of just what they need. And it's right-handed power bats in a ballpark that that is the strength of the ballpark is a right-handed power bat by park factor and everything else. That is theoretically the best thing to tailor the ballpark towards. Good good hitters is a start. Like You need good hitters in general. It's not like you, know, you can just get a a Luke Voigt and be like, he has a lot of power. He's right-handed. No, you need good hitters, but Jorge Soler is a good hitter. And they hired his, his hitting coach from the Marlins. It makes so much sense. But again, I'm just not, I'm just not going to believe it till I freaking see it on Jeff Passon's timeline. You know, who is doing things correct is the D backs. The D backs are doing things very correct. It seems like as correct as you can be, I guess Uh, they made, an improbable run to the world series with a super young team. And after going at it, going at it, going for it at the trade deadline too, they made an improbable run to the world series and they, this off season, they've wasted no time. They've been one of the most active teams. They have traded for Eugenio Suarez. They have signed Eduardo Rodriguez to a big deal and they re-signed Lourdes Gurriel to a very, very reasonable deal that's good for everyone involved. He was a huge part of that run last year, and they brought him back. Something that appeases the fans, keeps a good player on their team, and is good for both parties. It's not the most money, but it's still a lot of money and something that Laureus Gurriel deserves. You win with a young, cost-controlled team and make a playoff run, Next offseason, after that, you don't waste any time. You augment the roster with some talent through free agency and trades. Imagine that. Imagine that. They're getting deserved praise for this. I think they should be praised. I think it's a good thing for not only them, uh, but for baseball as a whole. However, I this should be the benchmark. Like This should be the bar for a baseball team and it's it's sad that it's like not even close to the bar (laughs) it's it sucks it sucks for baseball that like a team does this and and we're like heaping so much praise like yeah 
They're doing it. It's like this should be what every team does. I'm not just talking about the Mariners. Like so many teams, there's a, there's a degree of this. There's a degree of, of doing this. There's what the Mariners have done gradually. And then the more recent example, what the A's have done. Look at the A's 2019 roster, man. If you want to get sad real quick for A's fans, go look at the A's 2019. Even like, go look at 2017 and 2019, the A's, and then see where they're at right now. That is the like ex- extreme of this example of being, that's like the bottom. That is the bottom, bottom, bottom barrel, and it sucks. Uh, but shout out to the D-backs. They're, they're doing it. They're doing the things well, and it sucks for them that the Dodgers exist. But at least the rest of the division is looking more vulnerable. I feel like, I mean, the Giants are seemingly trying to win, but a lot of shakeup with them this offseason. I'm sure they're not done adding. I think they could use a pitcher. Uh, multiple, if not as many pitchers as possible. But I I think the Giants are fine. If the Padres are having a weird offseason too. I mean, they traded Juan Soto, but they still have, a, on paper, a pretty solid team. They also probably need to add some pitching, and they just had a new coach, too, just like the Giants. There's just a lot of a lot of stuff in flux with the rest of the teams in this division besides the D-backs and the Dodgers. Um, and then, you know, there's the Rockies. The Rockies exist. No one ever really knows what the Rockies are doing, um, so that's a plus as well. They don't, they're not good. Uh, so I think... I don't think the division's really there for the D-backs unless they pull off the improbable. Uh, but they're clearly going to be in the running again for, I mean, I guess the division. We'll see just how good the Dodgers are. But at the very least, they'll be penciled in uh, for being a, a top wildcard contender. Because as of right now, the team is better than they were in that World Series. On paper, they are. Uh, so I commend them for it. And I think with that... I'm going to wind down the podcast. There's not much else I really want to talk about. Again, this is a Mariners podcast. I do like talking about broader MLB stuff. But even then, Young-Ho Lee, Shohei Otani, I mean, there's other stuff that happened. There's RSN stuff that I really just don't want to get into. I think it's it pisses me off because it's, it's going to cause this RSN business. And again, I don't want to get into it. It's just going to, it's going to cause some like short-term revenue, potentially cash flow issues for some of these franchises. But I think it's just going to be used as a crux by owners across the league of not spending money. These owners are fine. Again, I do not feel bad for these owners. And I think this RSN business, while might be weird and money wise it could be less revenues in the short term right now they're going to be fine ultimately the managers have a very unique case with root sports right now um, and maybe i'll do a pod about that next year or something but i i just think it's going to be used as as a shitty excuse uh by owners but that is that is my two cents currently on the rsn stuff before i sign off on this short and sweet final episode of 2023 I've started a new franchise in out-of-the-park baseball. My new franchise, I'm managing the Cubs because why not? The Miami Marlins, uh, and this is after the 2023 season, the Miami Marlins relocated. They have moved away from Miami, and I'll give you a second. Guess 
where they've gone. I'll give you a hint. It's north of them in the country somewhere. The Jacksonville Green Jackets are officially the new franchise in Major League Baseball, the Miami Marlins. After the 2023 season officially moved from Miami all the way up the state to Jacksonville, Florida, the Jacksonville Green Jackets, very weird name, I'll say it, uh, but that's the new baseball franchise. It happened on January 30th, 2024 in my fake world, so we should be on the lookout for this. You know, it could happen from South Florida to the North. Whole new vibe for the Miami Marlins. I'm sure Jacksonville will support the team for sure. That was just very funny and I wanted to share it here. So I appreciate you humoring me, even though I can't see you, but I know you're listening. Anyway, I will be signing off. Thank you for listening. Very short episode, but I hope you have a happy holidays. I will be back in 2024 to bring you more hard-hitting analysis of why we should rise up and overthrow the tyrannical leaders of the Seattle Mariners, seize the means of production from the Seattle Mariners, and march and spend a bunch of money and win a World Series. No. Tune in 2024 for more Mariners sadness. But again, appreciate all of you who have listened throughout the whole year. If you are a new listener listing, which there's a decent amount of you I've picked up throughout the year, throughout the 2023 season, thank you for tuning in. Appreciate it. I will be back next year. But for now, I'll give you a hearty, but albeit a little bit sad, go Mariners.